96.7 FM WTOB, and you're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you to retire the job and keep that paycheck. Of course, with me is Bryce Payne, and today we're going to be talking about, well, Happy New Year, everybody. We're back. And also understanding your financial statements. So hang in there. Bryce, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Doug. Haven't seen you since uh, 2022. You're looking good. It's, it's been a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> How was your uh, How was your holidays? Oh, it was great. We, uh, you know, East Carolina won their bowl game. That was amazing. Packers have come back. I mean, look at them play now. And of course, the Panthers. They were, yeah, a disappointment. Yeah. But as were the Broncos. No, but, yeah, yeah. But uh, you had uh, family in town, or did we, you keep it? We keep had, it lower key. We had lower key. We had uh, Dad, and we had, of course, Garrett uh, and and Cindy. Well, we had a, a good time at the Payne household. Aspen came in from uh, Oregon, and uh, my stepson came up from Charlotte, and good. their significant others were in town. And, uh, of course, Mom is in town now, so uh, that was the first time I got to spend Christmas Day with Mom in well over a decade. So, oh, really? So that was really nice. Uh, oh, she, wow. she certainly appreciated that. And uh, in commemoration of what a, a great holiday season I had, I am wearing probably my favorite uh, gift that I got. I'm not going to go into details, but I do want to remind everybody out there that these Wealth Guardian radio shows are not just on the radio on the weekend mornings, but you can also tune into our uh, podcast channel on YouTube. Go to uh, the Wealth Guardians channel and you can watch uh, Doug and Garrett and myself uh, do these if you don't want to just hear us, but you want to watch us. And you'll see what hat I received on uh, Christmas Day, which is now my new favorite uh, <laughs> uh, holiday or the season of hats so i'm wearing that in the studio i'm not gonna tell you what it is you'd have to tune into our uh, youtube channel to see it but uh this is an example of what i got for christmas i tell you what if the packers make it into the playoffs i'm gonna wear my shirt for the next radio show that says 13 time world, world cha- champions world champions very good you do that <laughs> and do you already have your uh, east carolina champions uh, uh hat no, on the way no, yet no i didn't do that you didn't order that yet no i okay. didn't do that very good well uh doug let's uh let's talk about this new year here what do you want to talk about in this first segment today? yeah let's let's talk about it because you know every show kicks off with the new year's uh what you think is going to happen your you know your projections your you know the market your taxes, guesses and all politics. that kind of stuff politics yeah we got an interesting situation brewing with the uh, with politics too this year all right so i'll kick it off uh, i think last year was for the stock market was the worst year since 2008 Okay. Um, we had the uh, S and P down about twenty percent. Nasdaq was down thirty three percent. That was by the end of the year, though. They were they had dipped out worse than that. Yeah, at the middle right. of the year. Yeah. We had a nice October rally. Okay. Uh, Dow, interestingly enough, was only down about four percent. I think it was. Um, some interesting reasons behind that. The Dow's made of thirty stocks, and they're not equally weighted in the Dow. So some stocks carry a lot more gravitas, if you will, mm. as, as to the performance of the index. So, for example, if Apple and Amazon are doing well or bad, it's going to have a larger impact than it would, say, on the S&P 500, which is 500 right. stocks. Right. So what's going to happen for this year? I think the Fed continues to tighten. Inflation is still with us. Everybody knows that that goes to uh, the grocery store and and gets gas. In fact, gas prices, interestingly, have started to come back up. Uh, they actually kind of went down quite a bit before Christmas, which is unusual. Typically, gas prices go up before a big holiday. 
So I think you're going to see the Fed continue to tighten. I think that's going to be a drag on stocks. Interestingly, uh, you end the year and start the new year with what's called the Santa Claus effect. And generally what that means is uh, if you have a positive end of the year and a positive beginning of the year, if the markets are up the last, what is it, two trading days of the old year and the first five days of the new year, then that generally means you're going to have a very good new year for the stock market. Well, we'll see what happens. That is, uh, you know, the Santa Claus rally has been pretty accurate, believe it or not. Now, here's the other thing. Anytime the S&P 500 is down double digits like it was last year, there's an 81% probability of the new year being positive. And uh, so the odds are with us for this year. Okay. However, again, it's all about the Fed and interest rates. Uh, stocks hate higher interest rates. That has a ripple effect on the economy. Uh, we'll probably see uh, the U.S. economy dip into a recession. And We're already in a recession. Well, technically, yes. Okay. Uh, according to those in D.C., it's not. Um, <laughs> so, how they define it, but yeah. Yeah. So here's what I think is going to actually happen to the index numbers. I think that, uh, and, and I'm looking at my long-term charts, I'm thinking that we still have down to go. Yep. Probably at least through summer, probably early fall we see a bottom. So you think you think the bottom won't happen until early fall. I've been saying late spring, early summer. You think it's going to be longer than that? Think you're a little early. Okay. Uh, of course, I could. Right. We're just totally we're just prognosticating yeah, here. It's absolutely. A, we're putting ourselves out here for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. They can come back and test us and see if we were right or not. It, this is not it, something it, a lot of advisors would do. It, exactly. Um, how far will we go? Um, I think at least another twenty percent down. Twenty. Okay. Could be more. Uh, it depends upon how aggressive the Fed is. It depends upon a lot of things, too. I mean, we got a geopolitical situation that's we do. off the marks that's, right now. Yeah. So it could, be, it could be worse than that. Now, I am always a long-term optimist. And let me tell you what's going on. I'm looking at the long-term charts, but I'm also looking at socioeconomics, too. What gives me a long-term optimistic viewpoint is that in – 2024, the millennials start to kick in. They kick in with their highest earnings and spending part of their lives. Go back to us baby boomers who entered that period of our life in the 80s and the 90s. We started families. We bought homes. We bought new cars. We had kids. You know, all of that stuff requires spending. Mm -hmm. What happens when you spend money? It gets into the economy. It greases the wheels. That ends up going to the bottom line of companies. What happens then? Stock prices start to move up. Mm -hmm. So when the boomers hit that part of their life cycle in the 80s and the 90s, we had one of the longest bull markets we've seen. So when the millennials kick in in the next year or so, after this bear market's over, we're probably going to have at least a 10-year bull run. Now, we're going to have dips along the way. We're going to have corrections. But we're going to have an extended long-term bull market. Now, the millennials, we have to kind of parse this out a little bit. In numbers, the millennials are larger than us boomers in population. 
but the millennials don't spend like us boomers did. So while they're larger in number, their spending pattern is going to be a little bit smaller. So this next bull cycle, I don't expect to be as large as the one we had in the 80s and the 90s. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. So a lot of that research, I have to give credit to Harry Dent on. Harry has been a, a... a socioeconomics uh, guy that I have looked at since, well, honestly, I first started reading his work back in 1990. 1990. I had just entered uh, the business in 88. Uh, we had a couple good years. Then as soon as I got a, a, into the brokerage business at Merrill Lynch and decided to go on full commission, then uh, we had this dip in the market. Right. But Harry came out and said, hey, no, look at what's going to happen. And he was talking about the boomers hitting their major spending cycle. And sure enough, he was spot on. We had a bull market that ran from 91 through 2000. Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. And he's saying the same thing now. He's saying, okay, we're going to have a tough road to hoe here in the next nine months or so. But after that, it's going to be a good cycle. Well, a little bit longer than what I had anticipated, but uh, we'll see uh, We'll see if we're right here. Um, what we do know is that we've got to get to a break here, and before we get to the break, we get to the trivia question. And oh, before Lord, we get to the trivia again. question, I just want to remind everybody that you've been listening to the Wealth Guardians radio show, and Doug's been doing some prognosticating for 2023 now that we're in the new year. And if you would like to sit down with a financial planner who is a retirement specialist, who is a fiduciary, you can call us at the Wealth Guardians at 336. 336- 391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. We'd love to sit down and see how we can help you rearrange your portfolio so that you are best aligned for your retirement goals and objectives and risk tolerance. But the ball's in your court, 336-391-3409. We'd love to sit down with you. There's no charge or obligation to do that, just like it wasn't in 2022 or 2021 or 2020 for that matter. All right, Doug, you ready for the trivia question? Hit me. All right, I'm going to try to make it friendly for the for the new year here. It's time for the Wealth Guardian's trivia question of the week. Doug, in 1838, two inventors created a communication device that changed the world. The first communication to be successfully tested was a patient waiter is no loser. What was the name of this device? And I know that look that Doug's got on him. Uh, It's not uh, one of optimism, folks. All right, so stick around for the answer to that trivia question. On the other side of this short break, this is Bryce Payne. With me is Doug Ray. In the corner over here is Garrett Ray. And the show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM, WTOB. 96.7 FM, WTOB. You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. I'm Bryce Payne, along with Doug Ray, and in this second segment this morning, we are talking about understanding your financial statements. Now, before we get to our trivia question, I've got two questions for you. A, are you looking forward to your retirement? B, do you want to make sure that you are making the best financial decisions for your retirement? Well, if you answered yes to those questions, then I have great news for you. We here at the Wealth Guardians offer a no-cost, no-obligation, second-opinion-slash-review of your retirement plan, and that includes a deep analysis of your assets, investment portfolio, insurance policies, income needs, risk tolerance, risk exposure, tax mitigation strategies, legacy goals, and the fees you are currently paying. 
Our goal here at the Wealth Guardians is really simple. We want to help you lower your fees, align your risk, and improve your overall retirement picture so you can retire the job and keep the paycheck. But the ball is in your court. You have to give us a call, and our phone number is 336-391-3409. Give us a call or visit us at thewealthguardians.com. That's 336-391-3409 or thewealthguardians.com to set up your financial plan review with Doug, Garrett, and myself today. Remember, the markets aren't going to wait for you. And now let's get to the answer of that trivia question. It's time to get Doug's best guess for the Wealth Guardian's trivia question of the week. Doug. In 1838, two inventors create a communication device that changed the world. The first communication to be successfully tested was, a patient waiter is no loser. What was the name of this device? Well, my best guess is it's Morse code. Well, uh, I'll give you a ding, ding, ding for that because <laughs> the device is the telegraph, the electric okay, telegraph. Okay. The code is the Morse code. That's why I didn't give you the name of the inventors because the inventors were Samuel Morse, Samuel Morse and right. Alfred Valley. And the first message transmitted was a patient waiter is no loser. It's an odd message. I'm guessing that if you translated that into Morse code, it would have a rather tricky, yeah. tricky uh, code to it to try to uh, unravel there. But uh, yes, it was transmitted over a distance of two miles. And interestingly enough, there were many competing devices or telegraph systems in the early years, and the Morse system became the standard by 1865. So about 28 years later, the more it whittled down to the Morse's. Remember, we used to have Betamax and VHS, and eventually VHS became the standard over Betamax. Uh, that's kind of what Morse code became, the VHS standard. And, and it's totally obsolete now. Well, you know, interesting that you say that. Um, I received um, some telegraphs when I was in the Peace Corps in Honduras, because yeah. that was the only form of electricity that they had up there was communication up into the mountains, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I had, I had asked. They said, where do you want to be stationed in Honduras? And I said, the most isolated place you can find me. Well, they got me pretty isolated up there. <laughs> and I did receive a few messages. That was back in uh, 95, 96 that that happened. But I think now... I can still in touch with some people in Honduras and even the people who are in the coffee fields who own those properties and those fields way up then, there's no electricity. They now have cell phones up in there. So So, uh, 102 years ago when I was a Boy Scout, Mm -hmm. I actually had to learn Morse code. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Okay. Don't remember a bit of it now. Well, I had to learn the Greek alphabet to become a a Sigma Chi member and uh, that I still have that memorized, but I wouldn't have the Morse code memorized. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Never uh, used it though. Yeah. One little last tidbit about this was um, this was the electric telegraphs were the first examples of electrical engineering. Hmm. So there you go. All right. Well, Doug got that one. I didn't have my my I sort of got that. my binger on that one, but yeah, I'll give you credit for that one. All right. So let's go ahead and get started on our topic here for the second segment: understanding your financial statements. And so the end of the year or the start of the new year is on us, and it probably means that you're getting a lot of financial statements in your mailbox. You're going to get the end of year statements. You have to know what your December 31st value was on some accounts there. Uh, if, if you're not getting them in the mailbox, you're getting them in your uh, in your email. But uh, do you ever wonder what some of those terms mean as you look at your 401k and your IRA and those other account balances? So here, we're, Doug and I are going to go over what some of the things that you want to look for on these statements. And the first one, Doug, income projection. 
Yeah, let me say this too. You know, I, I wish financial statements were standardized, but they're not. Right. There, there are no two that are similar. Bryce and, and Garrett and myself, we see all kinds of financial statements that come in here. Some are very simple, easy to understand. Some are might as well be written in Egyptian hieroglyphics. Almost like they were deliberately trying to confuse you. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of these 401ks now, we've noticed that they have these uh, income projections like you were talking about. Online, too. Not just a statement, but you can go online and, and get a sense of what your income projection is. Right. So that is a guess. And it is, in a lot of cases, a wild guess. Do not look at that number and think, oh, okay, that's what I'm going to get. This is guaranteed to me. No, it is not. Because all they're doing is they're saying, okay, if you maintain the same kind of contribution level and if you get a certain percentage return X on your money and if you work here 25, 30 years, this is what you should be able to turn this account into as far as an income stream. That can be wildly overestimated or underestimated. So, you know, it's really good for you to have that number, but it needs to be more projected or derived from your personal situation. Because all that statement's doing is basically taking however many employees they've got in that firm and doing a broad uh, measurement of everybody. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of faults to those uh, those projections that we see on those 401k statements or when you log into your 401k account. The number that they're giving you, there's certain assumptions that are based in there. And one of those main assumptions is, like you said, Doug, that you've got to keep making the same contribution that you're making now. Well, that that contribution might go up. I mean, the IR, the, uh, yeah. the government allows you, the IRS allows you to increase. It's Most 50. years, they increase how much you can contribute to your 401k or your IRA. They're not taking into account those increases. What is the assumption that they're making on the average rate of return exactly. on those investments? Um, that's that You have to make sure that you're using that. But that number has to be taken in context with other numbers that are relevant to your retirement plan. What is the inflation rate going to be over that next 20 years? That doesn't take that into account. What is your Social Security? going to be your 401k doesn't know that Mm -hmm. Uh, what is the cost of living adjustment on social security going to be over the years is it assuming a lower risk strategy in your investments 10 years from now you might be in a high risk strategy right now is that projection assuming that you're going to be in the same risky investments that you're in 10 years from now when you're closer to retirement than you're in now they shouldn't assume that right all right there's a there's a a lot of what your what are your expenses going to be in retirement so that number that they're trying to give you really means nothing Mm -hmm. when you're not taking it in context with what your expenses are and your net worth is at that time. You know, you you touched on a really good point just a moment ago when you talked about the rate of return assumptions. Most of these are wildly optimistic, and especially when you're talking about uh, pension plans for those that still have it. Mm -hmm. Unions have a pension plan. Government employees have a pension plan, most of them. Those are based on rates of return that are 8 and 9%. Right. They're not going to get that going forward. Nope. And that is a, a concern because what that means is if they're using that kind of a high rate of return assumption, either they're not going to have enough money at the end of the day to pay all those pensions out or you're going to get a lot lower pension than you thought you were going to get. That's absolutely right. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to The Wealth Guardians. In this second segment on our first broadcast of the year, 
We are talking about understanding your financial statements. Most of you out there get one, whether it's your 401k or your IRA, and there's a lot of information packed into those and not more often than not, not in the most legible way that you would like to see it uh, put on that paper. So Doug and I are helping you unravel what is in your 401k statements. And Doug, the second one we're going to talk about here is the asset allocation summary. Mm. So that's the pie charts that show you yep. how your portfolio is devised. What do you think of those? The red and the green and the yellow, yellow, whatever. Right. Um, you know, hey, look, it shows you essentially how much money uh, in your 401k or whatever account you have that's in equities, how much is in bonds and how much is in cash. Okay. Or alternative investments as well. Alternative investments. Uh, that's just a snapshot of what you have right now. What does it mean? Well, you know, it basically says how much risk exposure you have. If you see more red on your pie chart, you've got more risk, meaning you have more of your money in equities. That can be great if you're young and you're adding monies all the time to your 401k. It could be a red flag if you're approaching retirement, especially in a market like we've been through last year and what I foresee coming up in the first two-thirds of this year. Right. So it's something to pay attention to. Um, do you have to do a doctoral study into it? No. But it's uh, certainly something that you need to take a look at. And also something that we do when we're taking a look and planning for your retirement is not only do we look at your asset allocation model, but we also measure the risk you have in your portfolio. And we also measure your risk tolerance. How much how much risk can you take on before you really start squirming and not sleeping at night? Right. And what we're finding out is most people, the risk tolerance and the risk that they have in their portfolio is way apart. Our goal is to try to get it closer together. That's right. And if you would like to sit down with Doug Garrett and myself and see if we can get your risk tolerance and your risk uh, closer together, as Doug is describing, then... You want to sit down with us. We are fiduciaries. We are uh, retirement specialists. We're financial planners, and there is no cost or obligation to sit down with us. And just like in 2022, the ball is in your court. We can't reach out to you. We don't know how to do that. So you've got to reach out to us. And our phone number is 336 391 3409. That's 336-391-3409, or you can reach us at thewealthguardians.com, and I'll also put a plug in if you're listening to us on the radio right now and you're having a good, your weekend coffee, um, you can also watch us on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and then type in The Wealth Guardians Radio Show, and we've got our own channel, and you can watch us instead of just listening to us. If that is something that interests you at all, you can also catch up on all of our back shows as well. All right, Doug, so we've talked about income projection and asset allocation. By the way, on that asset allocation, when we're talking about the pie charts, I would liken that to if you think that you are healthy because you're just looking at that pie chart, that's like a doctor taking your blood pressure and telling you, oh, yeah, you're in perfect health. There is a lot more to it than just your blood pressure or your height and your weight. Good analogy. Thank you. So there, there's a, a lot deeper analysis that needs to go on to your portfolio. And if you think, well, I'm seeing 60% stocks and 40% bonds and I'm 55, therefore I'm in good shape. No, that's like a doctor saying, oh, you're in good shape because I looked inside your ears. Now, there's more to it. You want to go into a deeper exam than that. All right. So let's talk about the next one, Doug. And this is one of our favorites to talk about. Fees. You know, fees on a statement, you, you don't see much there. I mean, it shows you a little bit, but it doesn't drill down deep and show you, you know, the entire fee structure you have. You would think that they should. You would think there would be a regulation around this, right. but there is not. Especially if you have mutual funds, which most 401ks, retirement plans do, there are hidden fees in there 
that none of you ever see. That's right. So let's break it. We've, we're running up against the clock here. But look on your 401k statement. Do you see anywhere on there where it says the term 12B1 fees? No. If you don't, then you're not looking at all of your fees. Do you see anywhere in there where it says mutual fund trading costs? No. If you don't see that on there, then you're not looking at all of your fees. Do you see anywhere on that statement where it uses where it says, uses the term cash drag? No. No, you probably don't. So you're not looking at all the fees and costs and expenses that are related to your uh, 401k or your IRA portfolio. And we want to help you see those things. And that's one of the things that we really break down when we do our um, our uh, financial planning with our clients, Doug. So again, 336-391-3409 is how you can reach out to us for your no cost, no obligation, second opinion slash review of your financial plan. Doug, just like last year, these uh, 30 minutes go by fast. In a hurry. In a hurry. Real quick. All right. So uh, thank you for joining us. And unfortunately, that's all the time that we have this week. We hope that the rest of your weekend is everything you want it to be. This is Bryce Payne along with Doug Gray. Garrett's over here in the corner. Happy New Year to you, Garrett. Happy New Year, Bryce. And the show is The Wealth Guardians, helping you retire the job and keep the paycheck. And this is 96.7 FM, WTOB. WTOB.